The Low Post is brought to you by Goodyear. Celebrating March deal days with month-long service and savings, visit GoodyearAutoService.com for offers. And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post Podcast, where for at least a second, maybe third consecutive year, we are doing a trade deadline wrap-up with the one and only Bobby Marks, who is in Bristol. I forget what Bristol even looks like. Let's wrap up what turned out to be... I guess kind of a sneaky, fun trade deadline. Bobby, how are you? I'm good, Zach. How are you? Yeah, we um, we had nothing besides Fiondo Capangeli in a money uh, uh, money saving deal for the Clips, would actually help them get. I guess um, you know, in the, in the Rondo deal, gave them a little bit of money, and then we had the two a.m. Uh, Delon Wright Corey Joseph swap. And I slept right through that one. I'm not did. gonna lie, slept right through the Delon Corey Joseph. I, you know, swap. something was telling me, wake up, wake up. And I woke up and I saw, and I was like, I said it on one of these videos I've been doing. I'm like, it wasn't like the Tobias Harris. Remember the Tobias Harris trade from a couple years ago, like where it happened, like in the middle of the night, and I woke up at like six, and I'm like, oh my god, what just happened here? Like I missed it. Um, I woke up. I talked about it a little bit, and then I had a hard time falling back asleep. <laughs> well, the headliner didn't get traded, and that's Kyle Lowry. But let's I want to start with the Orlando Magic because I can no longer make fun of them by calling them the Orlando Inertia because they traded everyone, and they are going to be so bad when they next play, which could be tonight. I don't even know who the hell is playing tonight. Um, that they are obviously positioning themselves to go full rebuild now and get a shot at Cade Cunningham and whoever is next next year's Cade Cunningham. Um, their biggest deal, let's start with Vucevic to Chicago for a 2021 first, a 2023 first, and Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, and Otto Porter. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Because I, I didn't think Vucevic was going to get traded. And I thought if he did the price would be even higher than this. Um, and I was skeptical that anyone would offer them that kind of price. So I, did, I didn't think a deal would happen. What do you think about this from either either perspective? I don't care which one you start with. Yeah, I mean, I think for um, – I thought it was going to be three ones if you were going to get in the game for uh, – Three first-rounders. Three first-rounders. I thought that's what it was. And I guess if you're Orlando, I guess you equate that the, the Wendell Carter Jr., you know, pick up equates to a first round, although he's got two years, you know, he's going into an extension year. So it's not like you get a a clean slate with him. Um, I liked it first for Chicago um, and you get a Minu. You go from, I consider them a tier three team uh, to, I think they're borderline tier two team. I think they can make a jump or maybe, um, I guess maybe Boston, Miami, Miami's going to, Miami took a jump today and we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, Otto Porter and Wendell Carter, and we'll see where those two number ones that are very lightly protected. I mean, they're top four, um, they're top four protected in those in those two years. But you've got Zach uh, Levine about to go into an expiring contract. By the way, just, sw- swimming in leverage now for what now they probably can't extend him this summer because they may not have cap room. But his deal is up after next year, and now he's got to be sitting there. He and his agent got to be like, all right, well, they're trying to win. They're building around me now. I'm well, going to yeah. get, get paid even more. You you really want him to be a, a, to walk in, in 2022 when you don't have that pick in 2023? Um, so, yeah, he's got a lot of leverage. And he could have been um, renegotiation eligible this offseason. I don't see them having cap because I think they'll keep Thaddeus and, and Sadoransky. Um, but I, I mean, I really liked it. I mean, it's a swing. It's a, a swing for the fence type trade that you rarely see where you're giving up these two picks and you're getting a player is on a good contract. Like it's a descending contract, 26, 24, 22 million. Um, so I'm all, I'm all in on what, uh, what Chicago did. It's interesting. Um, their fans seem exuberant about it. And I, and I understand why this is the team that traded out of having Jimmy Butler at age 28, because you decided to rebuild and the rebuild has netted you. Levine. So it, it's not as if that was a whiff, honestly. But it, it, it watching Jimmy Butler be the second best player in the NBA Finals was probably frustrating. And there was this sort of idea that the Bulls were just going to, they looked like they could be stuck endlessly 
spinning their wheels. You know, Wendell Carter Jr. hasn't really developed. Lowry Markkinen maybe almost got traded today. Has shot it well finally this season. But you don't watch the Bulls and think, I'm worried about Lowry Markkinen or Lowry Markkinen is killing my team or whatever. Um, And so they took a shot on Vucevic. And the reaction so far seems to be very pro-Chicago and anti-Orlando on this deal. And I'm a little less thrilled about it for Chicago, even though I understand why they did it. I just, look, this year's pick, barring injury, is going to be, you know, late lottery or outside the lottery, right? 2023, we don't know. Let's just assume they keep getting better. I mean, Vooch is 30 years old. He's a stud. Let's, let's, Let's just start there. Vooch is a stud. He is really, really good. He has been carrying this wretched injury-riddled team. The only reason they have a chance at all to even compete is because of him. He's going to be a great fit with Levine. Levine, Vooch, pick and pop is going to be deadly. And by the way, one of the things I like about that is the simpler you make the reads for Levine, the better. The more complex it gets, the more traffic there is, um, the more likely he is to telegraph a pass, to throw in an accurate pass, to throw it a little later, a little early. With Vooch, all you got to do is here you go, pick and pop, boom, boom, boom. I just, I think the price reflects a couple of things. He's 30 and he's a center. I just don't think, bar with three exceptions in the NBA, you're getting the Drew Holiday trade return for a center. I just don't think Orlando was getting the three picks, two swaps. I just don't think for a center that's not Embiid or Jokic, I just don't think you're getting that return. And so I don't think Chicago got like a steal. I think they paid probably what the market was going to be for Vooch. And the other thing is, I just don't know. I, I just don't quite know where they're going. Like, are, are, in the next three years, are they going to be better than Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, Philly? You can't, you can't know for sure. And I admire them taking a shot at it. And the price isn't onerous, especially if you don't believe in Carter. We can get to that. I just... I'm just not doing cartwheels about it. I, I'm just kind of, okay, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I don't think they'll be where Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee and Philly will be probably a year or two from now. Um, and they don't have, like, what is that? Like, I always say, Zach, when it's great when you get into the playoffs, when you've never been there and you get in like that seven or eight, but like, what is like the hardest part is always the next move, right? Like, I don't know if they have another next move to get them into that tier one level of, of group, group of teams. Um, and if they're content at, if in, in that four to six range, um, you know, then, then so be it. That, the one thing I, I do like is that they got deeper. I think. Yeah, they traded. You were talking about before. They traded. They traded all the dudes who don't play. And kept all the dudes who do play. So they're gonna. They're they're rolling in decent NBA players right now. Yeah, I mean Aminu. um, You know, you have him off the bench. You got Fad probably come off the bench now, or you could start if you want. You got you know you know Kobe White coming off the bench. With you know Sadoransky has started. Um, You got Valentin and Temple. So you gotta. You know, you got a, a deep bench, but I, I I understand where you're coming from. Where like, I don't think they have another move in them to get them into the elite of the Eastern Conference. I, I also think Vooch is I, this. Actually, this is going to be an interesting, a really interesting thing to monitor in a lot of different ways. Like, I, I think Levine and Vucevic are going to complement each other so well offensively that. They're going to be a more potent combination than I think any sort of modeling system might suggest right now. Um, just I, I do think Vooch, Vooch is a, a little bit worse in the playoffs than he is in the regular season because he just has such stark limitations defensively. And he's had until last year he, he when he when he had a great series against Milwaukee he's had some some eh. Playoff series, Fournier's playoff numbers, we'll talk about him, are a disaster. But then you sort of think like, A, it's a small sample, and B, he's always on an underdog, which means you're playing a great team, like a championship-level team. So you're facing the stiffest competition. I, I do think if he's an A in the regular season, he's an A-, minus B plus in the playoffs. Um, and so, you know, Orlando's getting hammered today for selling low. I actually, I'm not sure the market, there were other teams 
chasing Vooch today. I know Charlotte was trying to get in on it. Um, I just don't think the market was ever going to be much bigger than this. And so I think they sold from a position of strength. And if you believe in Carter as a redemption project, and I'm kind of shocked at how little he's developed in the NBA, even with all the injuries, still better than Mo Bamba, who's another kind of ancillary. How about that? Two guys that were picked in that. I think they were, were they back to back, back to back. How about that? Um, You know, I, I don't I don't hate or love this deal for either team. I, Chicago is going to be fun though, and I understand why Bulls fans who have been waiting for just let's just be fun. Let's do let's do something fun. I understand why they're excited about it. It just feels a little bit like putting the cart ahead of the horse for a team that's still kind of youngish and on the rise. Yeah, I mean we're still talking about them as a plane, right? I mean let's let's see if they can get to that five. What, what are they three out of four right now? And uh, four Eastern games Con- out of the four games out of the four seed. Yeah, four no, games three games out of the, out of the four seed. You're yeah, right. Three, game, three games out of the four seed. Gotta um, love the East, man. Woo! And it's you know it, it's it'll be interesting because there are a lot of games they should have won. I mean, they threw a lot of games out away, and um, you know it's a it's a sprinting out for these uh, for thirty games. I mean, for Orlando, like I, I think I just I've been there, man. Like I don't even call it a retool. I mean, it's a teardown, right? Like, I usually try to say, yeah, they're retooling the roster. I mean, it's a teardown, you know, with with um, with Nick and Gordon and Fournier. Fournier was an, an expiring, but you are basically – and you've got two guys you just signed extensions that are coming off a major injury in Fultz and Isaac. Yeah, everyone's um, like, well, they, they're building around Fultz and Isaac. I'm like – what what are they what are they building like what what do we actually know about Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac as NBA players like what what are what what's the model that they're Well building? it wasn't like they were all-stars before they got hurt right like that's the thing I mean Isaac was on the, I was trending towards you know certainly all defense level Oh, um, defensive player of the year yeah, level. Like, yeah. he's that special defensively. Um and so you have a wait and see as far as that and uh, you, you I mean you're you're, I would be stunned if these guys are on some type of – they'll be on some type of minutes restriction, and when they come back, they are not throwing them into the fire here. And and so now you're left with Terrence Ross. Um, Winner of the trade deadline, by the way, Terrence Ross's Twitter account, just <laughs> on fire the entire time. Gary Clark. Right? No, Who's, Gary Clark plays for the Nuggets now, doesn't oh, he? Oh, not Gary Clark. Gary Harris. Um, I'm getting the Garys confused. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Harris, who, you know, let's face it. I mean, injuries, inconsistency. You get him on two, you get him two years left. Um, RJ Hampton is a nice developmental project. Um, bunch of seconds from Fournier. And this is a, it's, I mean, it, let's, it's a rebuild. It's a, it's a rebuild in Orlando. Oh, they took the wrecking ball and they smashed everything in sight. Um, I just I think they got about what they were going to get for Vooch. And you can be disappointed that it's not Drew Holiday returned or whatever. I mean, the Drew Holiday thing is also a pretty unique circumstance with Giannis, the Supermax looming and the Bucks feeling like they had to go all in to, to impress Giannis or whatever, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, Chicago is going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're going to be super fun to watch with those guys. They're going to be a good team. They're, just, they're going to be a good, solid team. And that's fun. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts, 122 million for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call Click Granger.com or just stop by. 
let's talk about the Gordon trade. Aaron Gordon to Denver, the step two in the teardown process. Aaron Gordon to Denver for RJ Hampton, a top five protected 2025 first round pick, and Gary Harris. Uh, what was your initial reaction to that? Um, it's funny, you know, Aaron Gordon, I, I'm going to say it the polite way. It's like, I, I always equate Aaron Gordon as like that kind of like that shiny car you see in the, uh, in the dealership, you know, and then you kind of, you go out and take that, you know, take it on a little bit of a test run and you're like, I don't know if it rides as smoothly as it looks. And Hey, they were missing something when Jeremy Grant went to Detroit. Right. I mean, there was something, you know, that Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap could not fill. And you get a 25-year-old on a – got two years, $34 million left, um, you know, that can play multiple positions. It's That's going to be a fascinating as far as him and Jokic together. Um, I think the, the 40% from three is a little bit overrated, you know, I mean, for, for this year. Um, but um, – I mean, compared to what you gave me, you gave up Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first-round pick in 2025. And when you look at it, like I hate when people say, "Well, the window is, is open." The window is open because you got two guys, Murray and Jokic, who are under 26, and it's gonna, you know, they're they're in their prime of their career. Like, there's no guarantee they're they're going to get back to a Western Conference final or to an NBA final. Um, so you, I think Tim Connolly realized like we're not good enough right now. To, or consistent enough to compete with maybe some of these, you know, maybe Utah, maybe Phoenix, Lake, certainly the Lakers when, when they're healthy. Boy, the Lakers. We'll talk about the Lakers in context with Kyle Lowry. Um, they're, they're, it's no guarantee the Lakers are, are above the play-in tournament when this is all said. There's no which, guarantee. Which there's, is, no, there's no guarantee at all. If LeBron is out for – an extended, more extended period than we initially thought. When I had McMenamin on a couple of days ago, we were saying we were simulating. You know, what if he's out for twelve games? You know, what what if they go X and Y, X and Y in twelve games? If it's twenty, if it's fifteen, if it's eighteen, you're getting pretty serious, and you don't have a lot of time after that to make up ground. But we'll talk about them later. Um, so. Aaron Gordon, let me give you a preview of the low post in like 2032 when we're all like doing this by hologram. I, you know, Aaron Gordon shooting 28% from three this year, but I just think a change of scenery. I just like I still can't give up on Aaron Gordon. I know he hasn't shot 35% from three in the last six seasons. And, you know, I just I can't give up. So I've, I'm a sucker for Aaron Gordon in the same way that you are um, in in. Zooming out, you brought up Jeremy Grant, right? And I think I, – I, so so the Nuggets needed a 3.5, like a small forward, power forward tweener to guard LeBron, Kawhi, Luka, whoever you want to say. Um, but not clog things up spacing-wise so much so that – like the, the Nuggets have, have realized in the last six weeks, with Michael Porter Jr. at power forward – and Jamal and Nicola on the floor. We're unguardable. There's no, there's no one that can guard us. Our offense is just through the roof. The problem is, can we defend anybody? The real teams. Can we defend the real teams in that alignment? Um, we might struggle. Boy, we could use somebody with the skill set of Jeremy Grant, who now plays for the Pistons. And so enter Aaron Gordon, who the shooting is a question mark, right? But compare, like, is he a better shooter than Paul Millsap? If you're talking about, can you construct a facsimile of Michael Porter Jr. at the four? Maybe not a better shooter than Paul Millsap. Probably not for his career. But he's faster. He's much more of a playmaker. He's not more of a playmaker than Paul Millsap, but he's a more of a playmaker than Jeremy Grant. He has a vertical element that Jeremy Grant didn't bring really um, to the Nuggets. So I, I, I think they're trying to sort of split the baby of like have the effects of playing Michael Porter Jr. at the four, but allowing him to guard whoever is the least threatening player of the of the forward spots. Um so I, I like to trade for them if there's a criticism to be made, and I actually don't really think this is a criticism, but it's you gave up R.J. Hampton and a pick and Gary Harris, and you had a 3.5 on your roster already and Jeremy Grant, and he walked to Detroit. I is that it, 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 Would you rather have kept him and kept all that stuff you just traded for Aaron Gordon? I'm not even sure that was possible. Like I, I think Jeremy Grant appears to just – they offered the same contract, right? Yeah, they did. So it, it – 
What if they had telegraphed that offer before free agency even started? I don't know. What if they had outbid Detroit? I don't know. Maybe Jeremy Grant just wanted a change of scenery. And maybe Aaron Gordon, through his sort of quick-hitting playmaking, his verticality, I think he's probably a better defender than Jeremy Grant. Maybe he brings more of what we need than Jeremy Grant did. So I think for this price and in these circumstances, I think this is a really good trade for the Nuggets. I'd agree. I mean, I I, I think he's probably the the was the best guy out there for that position, um, you know, for that position of need. And I, you know, I don't know if he would offer Jeremy Grant, you know, three years, seventy million dollars. If you know, maybe an extra ten. People would have pilloried them for that. <laughs> yeah, they would have. Can you, you know, it's, I, tw- you know, twenty, you know, twenty-three million, twenty-four million dollars for a guy, you know, who's, you know, they would have gotten crushed for that. But at the end of the day, you wouldn't have had to make a deal. Um, you know, a deal like this. And um, so I like, I like what Denver was able to do. Um, They didn't stay pat. um, You You have the MVP of the league potentially. Yeah. You don't waste, you don't waste his years. You you don't do it. I mean, like uh, Griff always mentioned when Griff was in uh, David Griffin was in Cleveland, you know, he, he'd always say like, you don't like with LeBron and it's different, you know, a little bit different, but you know, LeBron at that level, he goes, you don't waste guys. You just don't waste your guy. You don't do reckless things, but you don't waste guys years when you have an MVP type level player on your roster. And this isn't, this isn't reckless. I mean, it will be interesting. Um, you know, Aaron has Aaron Gordon has next year left on his deal, right? So if they yep. re-sign him, if they re-sign him, his new deal will kick in when Michael Porter's big new, presumably maybe max contract kicks in. And then you have four, Big salary players. Then you're looking at going into the tax, right? Oh, then you have Jokic coming up super max. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, coming. That'll be down the pike. So they give themselves that year window where Aaron Gordon's making 18 or whatever, and Michael Porter Jr. is still on his rookie deal. After that, either one leaves or you keep both and you pay the tax. Yeah. I think Denver will be willing to pay the tax to contend for championships. I don't think they want to pay like the repeater tax. Right. But I think I think they'd be willing to dip into the tax if they're contending for a championship, which makes that that Mike Conley shot in Game Seven just what a sliding doors moment that is. And ironically, you know Gary Harris is like the forgotten man, right? He's been injured for half the season. He's he's in a it's what's what's bigger than a slump? I don't know. He's in like a five year shooting a three year shooting slump. So it's a longer than a slump. They don't win that Utah series without Gary Harris coming back. When you come back in game five or game six, they don't yeah, win that series without yeah. his defense. I agree. Um, I agree. So, you know, but I, I think um, I think Denver was one of the big winners. Today. I think they paired a, paid a fair price in picks and players for Aaron Gordon. And and on the flip side, I don't I don't really think the Magic sold low on Aaron Gordon. I don't I don't think there was this insane market for Aaron Gordon and it was not if they made a mistake, it was not trading him last year. I don't. I don't. From here on out, I don't think they were getting much better than this. Yeah, I mean, you. you th- I mean, if you waited through the deadline um, and you go, you approach this in the off season. He's now he's on an expiring contract. You know he doesn't want to be there. I mean, what do you think you're going to get back in return for basically a one year rental? You're not. You're probably not going to get. You know, it's, I mean, it's a equi- you equate it to two first round picks when you look at Hampton and one in twenty five. Um, so I don't know. I don't think they sold. Um, I don't think they sold low when it comes. In to, fact, uh, you know what the proof is? They sold low on Fournier, and that's because they waited to the last year in his contract. Gordon, I think this is about what you were going to get. Gordon, a, a Fournier was like, I mean, two seconds, man. I mean, but hey, that's the other thing, right? Like, if you, <laughs> yeah, if you, if you were going to sell, you were going to do it last year at, at the deadline, or you were going to do it earlier. But when you have the clock ticking and you basically have the player three months from free agency and he's not going to resign with you, that's, that's the deal. You know, that's what you're getting back in return. Fournier is such an interesting player. I mean, he's averaging 20 a game on 46% shooting, 39% from three. Always his le- and a career high three point seven assists a game. I'm mean, barely a career high, but a career high. Always leaves me feeling like didn't impact the game as much as his numbers suggest he could have. And I don't know if that's partly my brain playing tricks on me because he's been so terrible in the playoffs that I just have this idea now that Evan Fournier is, if not an empty calories player, a 
not as impactful as he should be player. But you're taking him from a perennial 7th, 8th seed starter, second option, to, I mean, who knows what the Celtics certainly envision themselves as a better team than that. They haven't been this season, but they could be, uh, you know, sixth man. I mean, whatever, whatever role he ends up playing, he can be on the floor with Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and all of a sudden, he's not being guarded by the best guy on the other team or the second best guy on the other team. And he doesn't have to do as much, and he's going to look better. I've always thought he should be a sixth man. That's his yeah, ultimate he destiny. Should Jordan, he should be Jordan Clarkson. I mean, that's probably where his role is. Um, you know, Clarkson in Utah, as far as a sixth man kind of coming off the bench. So I think he'll help Boston, and I think it's for them. Two seconds is like, you know, they face the same question: Are they really going to resign him and have Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown? and Evan Fournier and Marcus Smart all making eight figures at the same time. But it's an audition, and a lot of dominoes could fall a lot of different ways. That's a sort of no harm, no foul. So the Magic, if they didn't get an A, I don't think they got an F. I think they got no. like a B-. minus. I think this yeah. is totally fine return for them. No, I don't I don't give them an F. I don't give them an A because I, the unknown of where these draft picks are going to be. But I, uh, as I say, teardowns. You're never going to probably maximize the full amount of guys, and I think they did. They did fine as far as you know, basically four first, couple seconds in that in that uh, in that mix there. And let's face it, this is life in the NBA. You get Cade Cunningham or whoever it all changes. It's all all of a sudden everything's amazing, and that's it the story of the Magic, right? As soon as soon as from the Dwight Howard trade until right now. They've just been mired in this stretch of bizarre transactions. Like, let's get five centers and see what happens. Let's yeah. play Aaron Gordon. We're out of position. Of of draft picks that were fine, but just not the guy. Like Oladipo, fine pick. Gordon, fine pick. Just They just haven't been able, through through luck, through some acumen or whatever, they just haven't been able to have a direction. And now, like, sometimes you're gifted a direction from the basketball gods, and that's what they're sort of betting on. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes! Catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's there up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, watch out for them, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Just download the app today and use code LOW for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LOW on the Prize Picks app for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Let's talk next about, before we get to the deal that didn't happen, let's talk about Oladipo and Miami yeah. and Houston. Um, Houston trades Victor Oladipo to the Heat, where he has been rumored to want to go for so long. I can't even remember a time in my life when Victor Oladipo was not rumored to want to go to the Miami Heat. For Kelly Olynyk. by the way, the Heat's starting power forward. Yes. Um, Avery Bradley. The Avery Bradley era in Miami will always remember it. And the right to swap picks, which will not be useful for Houston uh, at all in 2022. Um, I thought Miami had a fantastic day. Between that and, and, and Bealitza from Sacramento, who, you know, we'll see what kind of role he plays for Miami. Uh, for essentially, Olenek is the only meaningful kind of minutes that they're giving up and 
you know, I think between Bayelitsa giving you some spot minutes at the four, and the Heat are going to play Butler at the four a lot, to play Guadala at the four, they'll play Ariza at the four. Like, they're just going to muddle along with that look. Bam is the true five, just as they did last year. They haven't been able to find a Jay Crowder, really, but they're going to they're gonna sort of cobble one. I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a home run. Bobby, what did you think? I mean... I mean, look at what you gave up. I mean, Avery Bradley hadn't. I mean, it was her wasn't didn't play at all. Mo Harkless goes to Sacramento in that other deal for um, Bialika, and um, Olinick is probably the big guy, right? As you mentioned, you lose your power forward. Um, now you get a stretch four. But Olinick is in that lineup just yeah, by default. Yeah, like exactly. It's just, like Myers Leonard last year was in that lineup at a part, right? Like kind of by just like. They almost like last man standing, right? <laughs> like kind of like, and he actually and Olenek played well this year. Um, he's a good and, player. Olenek's yeah. a good backup stretch five. That's and, what he is. And Oladipo, and you know he's a free agent, but it's another thing. Like it's an audition, right? Like if we want to pay Victor Oladipo good money this summer, well, we're gonna know <laughs> over the next three months or whatever, four months, what his value is. We're gonna know when our training staff gets his, our hands on him. And looks at his, you know, his quad or his, you know, the injury, um, where he is strength-wise, and that's going to be the. That, I mean, that's the beauty of it that they already have three months or four months of information instead of walking into free agency on August first, not knowing and giving him a four-year, one hundred and thirty million dollar contract for say, and then and then come next year, you're like, holy god, like this guy's got one leg, <laughs> you know? So that's the, that's the beauty of that. And you didn't have to give up. You didn't have to give up much at all for that. I no, mean, you give up Kelly Olenek 10 days out, 10 times out of 10 for the chance that Victor Oladipo is 90% of what he was when he made the all NBA team. Yeah. Every, every, every day of the week and twice on Sunday, as they say. Yeah. Um, now the, the league at large, correctly valued Victor Oladipo. The Rockets couldn't get a first. They couldn't get a young player in a first. They couldn't get they couldn't get anything like they thought they would get for Victor Oladipo because ever since that very traumatic injury in Toronto, he he just hasn't been that player. Now, he was really really not good when he returned and not good in the bubble in Indiana for 9 games this year. He looked a little bit like that player. I don't know what percentage. He wasn't the same, but he was like, okay, you, you felt encouraged. Okay. Then he goes to Houston and for the most part looks kind of eh. And Miami is buying at such a at such a low price that you look at that Houston team and it's like, this is just a mishmash of random dudes throwing together through trades that were disconnected from each other with no coherent vision involved at all. And that's not to fault Houston's front office. That's what happens when James Harden walks in and says, trade me. And Russell Westbrook is traded and all that. But I think you can look at that situation and reasonably wonder, I wonder how much just a lack of spacing, a lack of vision, a lack of any kind of direction at all was just draining Victor Oladipo and making him look worse than what he is. Let's get him and see. And if we don't like what we see, he walks in free agency and we're the Miami Heat with Max Capspace. Yeah, and we've got, you know, $25 million. And then we'll, you know, we'll cross him off our board and we'll go look, go for the next guy. Um, and you didn't have to give up Robinson, Hero, uh, none. That's the thing. Not even just Hero. They kept everyone. Everyone. Yeah. They have their yeah. You have the core the core group here, and you and you get a reason. You know, I mean, as a you know, you know, complimentary guy coming off your bench. You got still got Iguodala. You got Dragic. Um, they really, really need Dragic. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I think this is one of the reasons that Oladipo is interesting to me and Lowry would have been interesting. I mean, you watch the Heat. They are just stuck in mud on offense. They need someone who just plays a balls-to-the-wall, north-south, let me get in the lane and lob up to Bam, just someone yeah. to give them a little north-south juice. And maybe Victor can do that, but they've really – their last five or six games, you really feel the dragage void a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't need a point guard and, you know, and, I mean – like Kendrick Nunn's the perfect example of like if you don't watch games and you look at the box scores and you be like, yeah, he had a good game, <laughs> but like the ball stops, right? Like, you know, when he, you know, there's a difference when Goran is coming off the bench and gives you salt. I mean, the, the, you know, I don't know what their record is, but you know, I mean, when Dragic is playing at a high level coming off your bench, you are usually winning most games here. Um, 
And, you know, none has played better than what we saw in, in the bubble here. But if, if this is going to be the routine, um, they are probably likely going to lose in the first round here. Um, but I, I like what they did in there. It looks like they're probably going to get LaMarcus Aldridge, according to Woj. And I don't know. If I were them, I probably wouldn't plug him into that Olenek role where he's sort of my token big man starter. I would just to say you're you're coming off the bench, your Bam's back up or whatever. And, and you'll play a little bit with Bam here or there. But, you know, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot to see what he has left in the tank. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, I, I bet he does start, though. <laughs> I think that's probably a selling a point to him, uh, you know, to come. But, you know, we'll, we'll see when, when, when he gets there. And But, you know, going back to the um, – Old Depot here and stuff like that. And I always say, like, I hate doing revisionist history and being the Monday morning quarterback. But I said at the time when the trade, ha- when the Harden trade happened, Zach, like, wouldn't you rather have had Karis Levert for the two years left that he has, not this year, at a pretty nice number, than going through what we just, what they just went in this Old Depot trying to flip him again? Look, I, in my generous reading of things, because I like to think the best of everyone. I understood I, – I, I tried to understand, right? Like I would have rather had Levert, and I said that at the time. I can understand saying I'd rather take a shot at this guy being an all-NBA level guy again. And also he's expiring, so I can just clear, clear my books and go in the toilet the following year and not have to worry about any long-term money. But yeah, I would have rather had Levert. And the greatest mystery of, the, of that deal is how the hell Cleveland shoehorns their way in there and gets maybe the best player other than James Harden in the entire trade and Jared Allen. Yeah, and and from what I understand, there were a lot of teams that called Cleveland regarding to see if they can pry Jared Allen away from away from them before he hits he hits restricted free agency. Really? So, yeah, not surprising. No, not at all. I mean, you see a team that's kind of floundering. Um, you know, the, I, I saw the number. I guess his number was floated out there as far as what he was looking for, and you know, it's probably. <laughs> probably somebody put that out there to try to scare Cleveland off, but no, it's not, not surprising at all. Uh, speaking of guys that are about to get paid, what did you think of the Markin and Lonzo rumors and the deal that didn't happen and the deal that maybe almost could have happened, but new Orleans wanted a draft pick along with Markin. What do you, what do you think of all that? I mean, I think like, I hate when guys, if it's, if it's Lonzo um, and you've got Eric Bledsoe on their contract next year for 18 million, the, other, the second year is part, partially guaranteed. Like I just hope that you know the mindset is that you know he's not going to be he would he would have been collateral damage of, for what you already have in Bledsoe and and then plus you have that extension of Stephen Adams that's kicking in there. Um, I I mean Lonzo's played well this year. I mean he really has, and um, I, I I would have been as I said I would have been unless it was a, a whopper of a deal. Um, I wasn't moving him, and I'm going to go through restricted free agency and see if he can go out and get an offer sheet. Or you know, restricted free agency this year is you know, yeah, New York and San Antonio; those teams will have a lot of cap space, but it's kind of tailored off a little bit as far as the, the meat of teams um, with big numbers. Um, but I would have, as I said, unless I was getting something great, uh, I'm just going to deal with it in, re- in restricted free agency. I think they're wagering a little bit on. We're not sure that there's a Lonzo mega offer out there. Like, I think the Knicks are interested. I don't know if they're like interested, interested. The Bulls, yeah, we'll see. You can then you can just do the double sign and trade thing again, I guess, right? With Mark and the Markinen, I didn't really get what they were doing with Markinen. Like, can you can you build a workable defense with Zion at the four and Markinen at the five? I mean, maybe you can build one hell of an offense. I mean, you could build an offense. Zion could, Zion, me and you would maybe win some three on three games. Um, but then you've got Steven Adams. Like, you can't play Markin and Adams and Zion all together. And I'm not sure Adams' contract has great trade value right now. So I, I didn't quite get what New Orleans was shooting for with Markin. And other than everybody needs shooting and he's now actually a good shooter. He was purported to be until this year. He didn't really have, have the track record of it in the NBA. I, I just, the fit to me was curious there. Yeah. I mean, it's the rare, uh, the trade of restricted free agents. Like, you know, our pro our problem is now your problem. And, and Chicago's problem is, is new Orleans problem. And then you got to figure out what you're going to pay him. And I didn't, I didn't see a fit when, you know, especially, and unless you're going to play Zion strictly at, 
at the five and you go with him at the four. And then what happens to Steven Adams? Like, it's like kind of like all three of them together does not does not work. And Markkinen's another guy where he shot it well this year. Like I said before, I just don't – it doesn't feel like the oomph is there. Um, and Houston now has Olenek, Bradley, and that swap rights. You know, I guess you should never trade James Harden. I guess any team that trades James Harden is just cursed to never live down trading James Harden. But, look, they didn't get Levert. They didn't get Simmons. They could have had Ben Simmons. I think we know that, right? Yeah. They chose they chose what they got from Brooklyn instead of Ben Simmons. And they got f- four first-round picks, one of which I believe is a Bucks pick. Yeah, if, yeah. And, they, moved, and, they moved that. It changed, right? It was 2000. 22 and then it's now 23 from the pj tucker trade and and a bunch of the in between three swaps so seven bites at the at the nets slash bucks draft apple and that's pretty good i i actually think i i think if that's the direction you want you're you can't get more picks than that that's the you you can't get any more the the difference is they traded James Harden at age 30, 31. This is not the Boston trade with Brooke. I'm sorry to bring it up. That's Boston's trading a bunch of 35-year-olds, <laughs> and you can see it going down. You can see a downside. But, you know, look, I think we've all learned. Like, let's. It doesn't look great now. No, let's we got to wait, back we gotta wait and, Let's it check out. back we in three or four years because they got a lot of draft capital in that yeah. trade, and I'm not ready to sort of just say, well, what a bunch of idiots for doing that trade. Nope, we got to wait it out here because we don't know what these picks are going to turn into. We don't know what the picks that they got. You know, Who knows if the ones from Washington will ever come to fruition that they have. Um, there's a Detroit one in there. Probably never comes to, to life Um what happens this year with the draft with, if they keep their own pick, um, you know, or, you know, it can be swapped with OKC. And um, no, I, I agree with you. When you have so much draft equity, you're not going to grade it based off, you know, the, the you know, in a one year's, you know, window. Um, it doesn't look great now though, but we'll, again, we'll, we'll see. You, you, it's way too early to, to judge that. Um, let's let's talk about the headliner that didn't get traded, and that's Kyle Lowry. Yeah. The Raptors the Raptors kicked things off by trading Norm Powell to Portland in a deal I, I like fine for both teams. We can talk yep. about that one too. And then they trade Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas, <laughs> and it feels like something's coming. Here comes the four for one, right? <laughs> then there are tweets where it's like they're saying, bring me your final offers for Kyle Lowry. Then it's three. Then it's 305. Then it's 310. And I'm sitting there like, no one's getting back to me on text because, you know, it's I, like I don't even have any hope for that. So there's You know, so it's busy. funny. Like, and, they, and when people call you, there's like whispering. I can't get it. It's like, well, just go in the hallway. You know, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like a quiet whisper. <laughs> and, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. And it's like, you know what? We kept him. And I have to say, I was never one to think you got to trade Kyle Lowry. I agree. They could sign and trade him. He's yep. the greatest player in the history of the franchise. You got to get something real for him. I am still quite surprised that he's a Raptor. I agree. I said it this morning, early this morning. I said there, um, there's been a trend over the last two years of signing trades. Right? Like we went through a stretch where there was none. Uh, we had ten in the, the uh, summer of nineteen. We had six last year. You had sixteen the last two years, and. Um, there's, if there, you know, if the deal isn't there and you can walk away there, you always have that tool to do it in the off season. And I think they, there, there probably was not something there. Well, you know, you're not going to take Dennis Schroeder and, and get stuck with Contavious Cole Pope for another year. Um, if you're not going to get something else of value back, right? Like Talon Horton Tucker, like that, like when you don't have draft picks until 2027, um, you got to throw something of value in there. If you're my, you know, if you're Miami, um, I might have done Duncan Robinson. <laughs> I might have done. No, I would have done Duncan. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I'm not convinced. Dave, are you convinced? I they would not, not have done Duncan uh, Robinson. No, I don't I mean we don't even know if he was not even a part of it. You know, Tyler Hero. I mean, you hear like you know Tyler Hero is a sticking point. I don't. I don't. 
I don't think that's the case. But um, oh, I really I, think, I wouldn't I wouldn't do Tyler Hero. I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't either. Tyler Hero. I yeah. wouldn't either. Oh, I I'm with you there. Not, and the other thing is like you know he's not extension eligible. Like you don't know. Like I've heard he's going to look be looking for twenty five thirty million dollars in free agency. So are you comfortable paying that number? You um, know, that's a big one. Miami rebounds with Oladipo, which is yep. a great which is a great rebound. Philly pivots. We'll say we'll call it a pivot. Like yeah. Philly Mikens, Mike and pivots over to George Hill uh, for Tony Bradley and Terrence Ferguson. Who's actually played pretty well, Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley's been, been a great fill in yeah. for Joel. Uh, yeah, he seems like he's Joel Embiid's favorite player. All of a sudden, I know. Um, did, I, like, oh, I saw I, I saw Joel tweet out, "Don't screw it up, OKC." Now, yeah, <laughs> Joel is amazing. Um, and I, I I think George Hill, provided he's healthy, will will really help Philly yeah. as as either a starter or a sixth man and part of their closing lineup. Uh, they can put together a closing lineup. The the, the funny the the Sixers and the Clippers made sort of parallel trades. Um, with some reasoning of we want to inoculate ourselves from having to close games with the defensive liability on the floor. And you can argue whether Seth Curry is a defense. I think he's a pretty pesky defender, but size-wise, he's the one that's going to get picked on. And for the Clippers, I just – look, all, all Rondo is not a popular player among NBA experts. Right? Everyone likes to trash Rondo. His numbers this season are not good. Yeah. Um, and Lou Williams has good numbers, as he always does. Value-wise, this looks like a poor trade for the Clippers. I just don't think they ever felt comfortable playing Lou Williams at the end of close games in the playoffs. His playoff numbers, Rondo and Lou Williams are complete opposite in terms of what what happens to their games in the playoffs. We have playoff Rondo, which I think has to be considered real. Yeah. And playoff, playoff Lou is not the same as regular season Lou or lemon pepper Lou or whatever version of Lou you like. Playoff Lou is the worst of all the versions. Um, so they kind of made parallel trades, and and the Lakers didn't do anything, but they will be very active in the buyout market. So we'll have to see who's who's hurting most for not having Lowry. Are they all okay? I, I mean, I think with the Lakers, if if they had gotten Kyle, and let's say um, you did, they did have to give up Schroeder, KCP, and Town Horton. Like they they were still going to be taking on a lot of water right now. <laughs> I mean, you're taking on. Yeah, you lose two starters and a. Yeah, you're a, not getting an extra yeah, guy. You're you, losing you, Schroeder. You probably would have been better, you know, probably when you get to when you get to playoff time, right? When you, if LeBron and AD are healthy, you're with with Kyle and, you know, if you have, um, you know, the I guess if you have um, Montrez and uh, Markeith and uh, that uh, Caruso, that group, you're probably better. You know, just Kyle gives you a little bit of a different dimension, but for. Um, you weren't getting better in, in late March and in the month of, of April. I mean, you're still you're still taking on water whoever you got in a trade or if you didn't do a trade. Yeah, I mean, look, their next three games are Cleve, are Philly tonight without Embiid, and Philly's been played quite well without Embiid lately. Uh, Cleveland and Orlando. After that, their schedule stiffens up for a bit, and then you know it goes up and down. But if 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 they lose these two of these next three or all three, it's like red alert for the play-in tournament because Dallas is coming. Dallas has an easy schedule the rest of the way by Western Conference standards anyway. I don't think Portland is going anywhere. I don't think I think Denver is clearly surging. Um, San Antonio is falling off a bit, and they have a brutal and jam-packed schedule. So that that's, to me, expected they would fall off. But seventh is sitting there. Dallas is in seventh now. They're three games out in the loss column, and they're coming. And the Lakers, without all these dudes, are just are just not very good. Like, without LeBron and AD, they're just not a very good team. Yeah, I mean, and then we look at, all right, who's going to be there buyout-wise, right? What's the buyout market going to – what's going to look like? You know, we've got Aldridge to Miami. You know, what happens with Andre Drummond right now? Um, you know, I, Drummond's an interesting character in this because we've got – Lakers, Brooklyn, I'm put. I'm put. I, I think New York has a legit shot to get him. How much cap space they have left? They got like sixteen All million. Yeah. yeah they got, they, they oh, got there, there's no question they want to be in on it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, what are you selling Drummond? 
Um, that's going to be interesting. He's a rental. I mean, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to resign him in the off season. So he's basically a, a three, four month rental here. Um, and then who else is going to be out there? Is Otto Porter, you know, guys like Otto Porter, right? I mean, those are your kind of buyout type guys. Reddick's not available anymore going to Dallas. Um, so who are your filling? You got two Ross, you got two roster spots open. Can you get some short-term help in, with two guys that get bought out? Um, we'll see, you know, Philly, I know Philly was willing to put Maxi in the trade. So clearly Toronto is demanding something greater than Green plus Maxi. And that makes me think they were frankly requiring something more than Green plus Maxi plus a pick because I always thought that offer that makes sense for Philly. I think I you know, if they're well, not they asked to- for they asked for Tybal, you know, I mean like in that was a that's that was basically a non starter. Which, you know, if, if Tybal's on top of Maxi and on top of Green, then you're taking a lot of irritation. Like, I, I guess I get that. Yeah. Um, you know, but Philly has now, George Hill will help them, and, and they can close games with Hill, Simmons, Green, Harris, Embiid. That's a pretty damn good two-way lineup. Is it enough shot creation to sort of get them over the hump? Maybe. I mean, it helps to have a George Hill is, is more of a table setter than a sort of, you know, um, really threaten the rim kind of point guard, but he's a damn good table setter who defends well and, and, and can shoot it. So I like the way they pivoted and Miami pivoted fine. It's just, um, it's, it's just so interesting that Kyle is still there. Yeah, he is. And he's, he, and he's going to be there through this. Um, he's not going to be bought out. I mean, that's not happening no, because no. he's, he will lose. And, and Mark Bartleson, his agent is, he's smart enough that you lose the ultimate leverage when you take a buyout and then you're just kind of, you lose your bird rights, and now you're just now it's really you're just dealing with teams that have cap space. As far as the Clippers go, they didn't have much to do. No, they were never in on Lowry. It was never going to happen. Nope. The rumored Rubio deal, which I have pitched on my podcast, just theoretically, I never, I never even I, when I pitched it, I said I'm not sure it really changes anything for the Clippers. You know, are they better with Rondo instead of Lou? I don't know. I don't know, but I don't think they're as worse as the numbers would suggest because if you're still scoffing at playoff Rondo, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. The guy played really well in the playoffs. He made big shots, and he's a good decision maker, and he gives them a little bit of juice and, and organization on offense, which despite the fact that they're second in offense, I, still, I do think they're too reliant on jump shots to win the championship. They need to... They need to they need just a little more pressure on the rim, more free throws. Like they, they, they have the personnel to do that. I'm not saying this roster can't win the championship. I'm saying this roster, as they have played offense for the last six weeks, they've won three straight. They look really good right now. But their offense was league average for about a month. That's not good enough. No, it isn't. And it's it's funny. Like If we're going to evaluate the, the Rondo Stinton in Atlanta <laughs> – I mean, oh, yeah, we're gonna, it's like people yeah, are looking gonna, at these numbers. Gonna, like, have you get, seen Rondo's numbers get, this season? Yeah, well, then we're going to give the Clippers an F for the trade. Like, I mean, but we're not going to. I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, like it's it's real what we've seen. We saw it last, you know, last playoff, and what we've seen it in the past. And um, he will. This trade will get basically judged as far as what happens in the postseason. Um, I want to go back to Aaron Gordon for a second because I think the Nuggets are, are the most interesting team. We didn't talk about JaVale. JaVale will help them. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing about Aaron Gordon is, you know, I think for a lot of his career in Orlando, until Vooch really blew up the last couple of years, Aaron Gordon could look around and, and say, "Why? Well, I'm, the, I'm the alpha dog here. I'm the, I'm the best guy on the team. And I think that informed the way that he played. It informed his desire to be LeBron James. Basically, I want to run the offense. I want to run 50 pick and rolls. I want to do this and that. Now he's going to Denver and it's like, uh, that guy might win MVP. That guy scored 50 in playoff games. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a star of the future. You're just going to be what we need you to be. And that's it. And I think... The bet is that he'll buy into that in a way that he wasn't in Orlando, and I think that's a fair bet to make. No, it is. I mean, it's basically, and I think, I think with Mike Malone, and knowing you know how he manages that group, I mean, I think it's going to be made very clear, you know, when he when he gets there tomorrow or or Saturday, as far as basically kind of like what your role is going to be, and you're you're basically in that 
you know, you're in that Jeremy Grant role from last year as you're kind of like a fourth option. What'd you think of uh, the Norm Powell deal for Portland? Um, I mean, Norm has played, I mean, he, he has played off the charts. I mean, a little bit of it is because that team has just been ravaged because of COVID and he's been, and you know, basically been him and on an Island. Um, it's, it's interesting because you lose that protection of Gary Trent when it comes to restricted free agency that you, you had that as kind of like your insurance policy of offer sheets. And, and you don't have that now with Norm because he's going to opt out of that his player option for next year and he'll become an unrestricted free agent. And I don't see it in, in a way where like, like we gave up so much now we're going to have to overpay. Um, it's not like they gave up like a, an unprotected one next year. And now we've got to pay Norm Powell 18 to 20 million just because we, we can't afford to lose him. Um, so I was, I was fine from it from both sides. Like I, it was one of those like, yeah, it looks, I like it. I like it for Portland. Um, you got, you get probably a, you know, probably a better defender, I would think. Um, you know, Trent goes to um, uh, Toronto. Um, you know, six, I think Gary's a sixth man type guy. And what, what are you going to pay him when it comes to restricted, uh, restricted free agency? So I was fine with it. Um, I was fine with it from both sides. Yeah, me too. Uh, I like Trent a lot. I think that's fine return for a guy that maybe was going to be on another team next year in Powell. And, you know, He's going to I, – I think you look at that starting forward tandem of Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, and it's, they're just not getting enough offense out of those guys. And so if I were, if I were Portland, I, would, I don't know what they're going to do, but I think one of those guys should come off the bench and Norm Powell will start. I, maybe Derek Jones Jr. would come off the bench if I were the coach. I don't know. And you want to say, well, Norm is an undersized three. You know, Gary Trent's a little taller than Norm. But if you look at their wingspans – Norm has a 6'11 wingspan. Gary yeah. Trent's 6'9. So size-wise, you just call it a wash. Yeah. And just Gary Trent's a good offensive player. He's a hell of a shooter. He can get you kind of a step-back mid-range ISO bucket. But Norm just has a gear and an explosiveness that Gary Trent does not have. And I think that it's it's kind of the offensive version of of what the Blazers were looking for in Derek Jones Jr. Like we just need a little more ferocity and athleticism on our team. And I think he gives the, if you double Dame Lillard and the ball swings to Norm Powell, he's going downhill fast. Like there's no hesitation. There's no question where he's either shooting a three or he's going downhill fast. And I think they need some of that. It, it kind of goes back to the conversation when we started, when we were talking about Denver and Jokic, it's like with Dame, right? Like, you know, when you have Dame, like you don't waste Damian Lillard's years, right? Like that's the that's the reality reality of it. And um, I think I agree with you. I think I think Powell starts, and then you have one of those two guys come off the bench. Um, it's going to be interesting what his his number will be. Um, you know, in, in the offseason. But you guys, bird rights, you can exceed the cap, and um, you know, I think it's an upgrade. I think it's an upgrade for uh, for Portland. Yeah, I think it's a it's a totally and and you know Gary Trent was going to get paid this summer. It's 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 an interesting bet by both teams, but I I, I like it fine for both teams. Turned into kind of a fun trade deadline. Vucevic starting it off with a bang was 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 exciting. It, you know it, it it like Orlando was like you know they it, it was like a domino effect, right? Like it went one two three, um, and then we had like a twenty minute lull. Thank God. And then it just kind of kept on. Then we were just waiting for for Kyle. Um, it did turn. I mean, in good names. I mean, these weren't like you know we weren't waiting around for like you know um, you know C level guys. I think the interesting thing we, we didn't see many salary dumps, which we normally do because I think the tax you know with all these teams getting these this big tax break, there wasn't as much of an incentive. Yeah, we saw like Wanamaker and, and Marquise Chris and Golden State saved like eleven million. Daniel Tice is on yeah, the Bulls for some see, reason. Yeah, we didn't see like we didn't see like Golden State like drop like Kelly Oubre and save yeah. eighty million dollars. Like we didn't we didn't see that because they you know they're getting a little bit of a tax break here and um, um, but yeah, I mean all in all, I mean from a trade standpoint, we had some um, we had some big names go. We did. All right, Bobby, you've got to do more TV up there in scenic Bristol. Uh, enjoy the Hilton Double Tree. I, I, I tell wish- you what. I have eaten so many of those damn cookies. 
And it, and, it, and it's not even healthy. I've been living a healthy lifestyle until I got to Bristol. And I've been eating cheese quesadillas, uh, chicken sandwiches, and then 11 o'clock, those, those double tree cookies. But they're Wait good. Wait a second. Can you get infinite cookies? Oh, yeah. Did you just they know, ask they for know more me cookies? At, they, they know me at the front desk. They, they actually, when I roll in at like 11, they're, it's waiting for me. on t- They say, Mr. Marks, here you go. And they're just sitting there. And I say, can I get two more? And it's said, yeah, here you go. There's nobody there, Zach. I mean, I me, say, and, you must me, have it all. me and the, 10 other people are the only ones in that hotel. I haven't been at a hotel in a year. All right, Bobby, get back to it. Bobby Marks, thank you for your time, bud. Thanks, Zach. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.